So this is episode 1145 of the Tall Can Audio Podcast, and you would think, after 1145 attempts at this, I would have it figured out. But I don't. I'm not very good at this. I'll explain in a second. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you for checking out this edition of the podcast. I'm going to be joined by our buddy Andrew Stoughton from the batflip.ca in just a second. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew Stoughton. You can follow us on any of the emerging social media feeds at Tall Can Audio, whether you're still kind of in the trash heap like us on Twitter at Tall Can Audio, uh, or uh, of course now on Threads, or if you're one of the cool kids on Blue Sky, we just got an invite there. Uh, you can join us there if you'd like. Look, uh, there was a couple different things we were going to get to today. The beef of the conversation, the heft of the show, the main event was, of course, Andrew Stoughton talking Blue Jays. And I have that interview for you now uh, in some form or another. But uh, at the end of it, we also talked a little bit about Matt Murray going on LTIR, uh, the Ilya Samsonov extension, one or two other small little things. But uh, here's the thing. Had a little glitch, had a little technical difficulties again, as I said, after 1145 episodes of this, that shouldn't still be the case, but it is. And so the Stoughton interview, his audio, as well as his points, his takes, as always, sound fantastic. Uh, Mine sound terrible, not just because I have bad takes, but uh, because in this instance, I'm using my backup recording. I don't know why. My good microphone did not pick up what I was talking to Stoughton about. It all came through the uh, shitty inbuilt microphone on my laptop instead. So my audio, not great. Perfectly usable, perfectly understandable. You can hear it, but not up to the usual TCA standards. This sounds like some of those shows that are still content to do this by AirPods and I would happily rip those shows right now, but their audio works. It comes out, they get their shit done. And uh, in this case, you're stuck with, uh, like I said, just the audio from my my microphone on my laptop. So I apologize for that. I certainly apologize to Stoughton. Like I said, his audio comes through loud and clear. There's some weird little audio artifacts now and then throughout the conversation. I'm not sure exactly why those pop up or where they come from. But you can still hear the conversation perfectly clear. Uh, just my end of it is not up to our usual standards. So like I said, apologize for that. And because of the fact that uh, this was all done through the, the the laptop microphone, I've just cut out everything that happened after the Stoughton conversation, the Matt Murray stuff, the Ilya Samsonov stuff, uh, the one or two other things we got going on. Maybe I'll re-record that later in the week and we can talk about it then. But uh, decided to just give you uh, Stoughton's gold on the Toronto Blue Jays as they end up winning here um, on Wednesday afternoon against the Dodgers to take two or three from LA. Not too bad. You'll take it. We'll ignore the fact that half of the Dodgers pitching rotation is down. We'll take those two wins and we'll run on home with a three and three road trip, which did not appear to be on the table after a rocky start in Seattle. Uh, so uh, that's the story. Um, like I said, this conversation with Stoughton does not have the sound quality that I wish it did. That is entirely on me, not at all on him. Uh, check him out at the batflip.ca and the Blue Jays Happy Hour podcast. We'll get to our conversation with Stoughton right now. Everybody's been talking today about the passing of uh, of Sinead O'Connor. Very sad to uh, to hear, but happy to have our guest today. Nothing compares to you, Stoughton. What's going on today, man? 
Oh boy. Oh boy. Wow. Yeah. Starting on a happy Forced note. Forced it a little bit. And also bit, with eh? a joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm good. I don't know. But afternoon baseball. Uh, no complaints. That's it, eh? And it's it's sort of an all over the map here. The last of it's either late night or you know early afternoon. There hasn't been a whole lot of middle ground. I'm ready for them to get home from the West Coast. I've had about enough of this. Last night was was 10 p.m. <laughs> against the Dodgers, and then I wanted to watch uh, Canada Ireland there at the Women's World Cup this morning at eight o'clock yes. a.m. I'm not normally much of a morning person, and Blue Jays losses at one in the morning don't help me want to get up to watch more sports well but. that one in particular was not uh not the most enjoyable uh entertaining uh, moment of the season it was uh <laughs> perhaps the most frustrating and annoying moment of the season it's actually, true which man is saying something considering what this season has been like and that's it and so the, like there's a couple things i want to ask you about here we'll get into what your expectations around the deadline might be and you know where we're at with this team right now but like there's something about I, we've talked about this before, right? Hashtag the vibes. And like the team is still in a fine position. This has not been a good road trip, but just where we're sitting right now, I saw, and I know fans sometimes like to to criticize this guy, but Jeff Blair kind of said on his show the other day, this is a good team. It's not a great team, and it's but it's a good team. And it's got every chance right now. Uh, I think Fangraphs had it like 70, 75%. They were going to make the playoffs still. Um, but perhaps not quite what we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Is that sort of where you're at? Or, or where do you stand right now looking at this yeah. very talented group that, that <laughs> is not that fun to watch a lot of the time? Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe we just uh, we just don't like the sport. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was going back because I, I, I was, uh, you know, I was I did a piece over the weekend about Scott Rowland and kind of went back into the old blog days archive and looked, looked at, at a bunch of old stuff for a lot of the weekend and uh, it was all the same complaints, okay. RSP stuff and like and like yep. you know it's just every year and I mean that was going back to twenty you know two thousand eight two thousand nine. Uh, I know 2016, everybody's talking about this had a similar vibe, the team that went to the ALCS. Right. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I don't know. That's just kind of what it is. Like, and and I, I don't know if, I mean, there, there's a deep psychology to it that I am not qualified to read, but I do feel like, you know, 2015 really sort of spoiled people in a lot of ways because it's like, oh, this is what winning feels like. We haven't had winning forever, right? There was that, the huge break from the 90s until, until that summer that post-trade deadline and it wasn't even 2015 right it was just the second half of 2015 where they won every night and you're like that's fun i got time for oh this this is what a winning baseball team feels like and you can never recapture that we're just chasing that dragon and and you know it's (laughs) it's not going to come and then you kind of look at last year the yankees you know i mean you can go back any years yeah last year the yankees this year the rays rushing out of the gate you know even you know the 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 orioles are doing well they're just playing above their heads sure you know i don't know I, i i think you can look at that with envy because of course they got all the prospects coming still yeah they're, they're in, in a they're so well positioned for going forward but like the way the rays raced out of the gate it's like oh there's that thing that's Ooh. what a winning team is i know what a winning and then the blue this blue jays team isn't in or last year with the yankees and it's like the, this and it's like well you know 99 of teams that's not really how it works mm-hmm. um or maybe 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 80 percent or what you know like the it's just yeah, you can plod along and be good and get hot at the right time, and that's not like sexy, but that's sort of the that, that's the prison we've built for ourselves, you know, uh, in the Rob Manfred era of of Major League Baseball, right? Like, you know, it's just it is a crapshoot to get into the to the playoffs. You don't I, I have think to. Part of the frustration you know, too this year, right, is you you take a trip to Minnesota 
and they're one game under 500 and two games out of first place in the division. And so yeah. like everything just sort of piles on to this feeling of like, ah, like there's just something where you just, I don't know, it, not enjoying it is too strong. Like there's been lots of nights where it has been fun to watch. There, there are, you know, I know he's slowed up a little bit lately, but Bo has been having like an unbelievable season. Like there's enjoyable things to watch, but there's just so many nights where you just feel like this isn't going all that well. And then you look at the standings, you're like, oh, it's actually going pretty well. <laughs> the best team in the American right. League for 50 games. Yeah. It's like, well, you kind of, yeah. Every year it seems you have to re- reset what you think about the sport and what your expectations yeah. are. And it's just like, I, I always I always say at the start of every year, I mean, it's we're way too deep into it. I'm not saying it's early. You know, people lose their minds when you say that <laughs> for some reason. They don't want to be told that. People really love to get emotional and, and vent about losses like it's, you know, like you're watching an NFL team where, you know, the, the game, the single game means so much more. It's like, sure. oh, you could do that. Go, go nuts. But I, I fear for your mental health if you're, <laughs> if you're out there, like just living and dying by every pitch and every game of 162 game season. Even, right. you know, you can recognize that. That that it's not okay to lose. You don't. You know. You can't be like. Oh, even zooming even further. I mentioned the women's World Cup this morning. They lose today, and that's it. You got a three game round robin. You'd better win yeah. now, right? Like that's understandable. Even here Very now, important. Yes. you're like. There's still 60 games to go, right? Like it's uh, you know, and you like a, a team that wins. The, a team that loses four of every ten games is a six hundred team, yep. which is like a hundred and some wins, right? Like it's like <laughs> you know that's a lot of losing. That's, that's four losses yep. for every ten games you play. Uh, like the margin between above and below five hundred is is you know uh, there, there isn't there aren't those big swings. I went through this actually, you know, earlier in the season. It's not as big as I anticipated but like the uh i don't even know what the nba playoff format is at this point but like it's like the top six in each conference and then they play in the other two or something like that whatever the hell they're doing yeah uh, but it was like the top uh, the top six nba teams like, like their record against teams below 500 i think they won like 72 percent of those games and last year's six uh the, the al teams or whatever the the playoff teams um, they were, I think, 66% of games against teams. But, but over 162 games, the difference between, you know, those percentage yeah. points add add up. And it's like people kind of have this expectation that, you know, oh, you're bad if you get swept by the Royals. And it's just like, how many times? Do I, I just How many times do I have to complain about this too, right? Like, I mean, I, I'm just doing the opposite of the, of the thing that I'm claiming to hate, right? Like, like, sure. it, 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 like yes, I, I should also know by now that this is how fans are going to be and, and there's no stopping it. Yep. So... I, I don't know. They're just they're they're going to be miserable, and that's sort of you know maybe that's what the sport attracts. Uh, uh, you know, looking around at my friends who are ball fans, like yeah, the misanthropes are kind of are kind of you know par for the course around here. It's not it's not the same as raw uh, raw fandom in other sports. Sometimes. Sure. So you, you got to take that, and and you know I think that's gonna, what's going to make when eventually you run into a team that is really good and does have a real great run in October. What what's going to make that so satisfying, and what's what made. 2015 yeah. so satisfying. And then make you forget but, you it know, again the by the next stomping May. teams every night would, would be real nice, right? That'd be like, great. I mean, we all want would that. Would love to do some of that. Uh, uh, well, but, so let me you know, phrase I mean, the... If, if, if Vlad <laughs> starts hitting, like, 2021, yeah, this, is, this, this team might go from, from good to great. You know, that's all it might take. Sure. Is it... So maybe I should phrase the question a little different. Is this about what you thought they would be when we set out at this season? If, if someone had said to you, you know... Uh, 
before game one of the season, this is where they will be at the end of July. Would you say that's about right? Or has this been a letdown? Has Are they maybe a little better than you thought? Is it Has it surprised you the road they've taken to get here, right? Like, where are you sort of at as we, you know, hit the end of July? Yeah, I think it, it, it's been close to what I would have expected. I mean, maybe a little bit underwhelming because you kind of, you know, you you look at the objective projections and I think it was like 89 or something like that, or, you know, in the low nineties range Mm -hmm. and, you know, everybody does their over under at the start of the year. And I'm like, well, what's reasonable. I remember saying this on my own podcast or maybe, maybe with you and being like, you know, 94, like, you know, that's, that's sort of, uh, you know, that sort of range. That's (laughs) just trying to be realistic about it. And that's, you know, that's completely within reason at this point. So it would be weird to say like, no, this has been super disappointing, but yes, uh, in terms of like the entertainment factor on a night in night out basis, like watching that, the team, which is kind of, kind of started to pull out of this i think and, and or maybe i maybe even has started to pull out of it but like the runners in scoring position thing like you know that was just a dreadful stretch where you know they could they kept kind of winning games and they kept their head above water and, and that's what you have to do but you know it's not entertaining to to you know feel like you're down two runs in the third inning and oh boy i don't know if they're going to be able to do it because they just can't scratch out runs even yeah. though their offense you know by most metrics is you know a top 10 offense in baseball mm-hmm. it just they just weren't able to get it done um and that also you know for, for me maybe less other that that just that brings you to the like the the heart and clutch kind of conversations which i've fortunately have kind of you know walled myself off from but the discourse gets bad at that yeah, point because nobody nobody has answers and it's like yeah because you can't it, it does it, it's not personal failings it's not lack of heart or clutch it's just you know, it, it's horribly frustrating. The Even, and there's and there's yeah. a lot of inches on the field where things can go wrong. Sure. But it is so frustrating. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Like you understand the math of it and that this over time will even out, but I need this run right now. Right. So that that yeah. overarching yeah. math doesn't help me, right? But, it's you know, yeah. It, 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 that's the journey we're on. Yeah, I, I guess so, you know, man. That's, that's just part of it. <laughs> and I just you just don't see you know, even the best teams that are out there, they're not losing or they're not winning every game. They're no. losing. They lose a lot. It's uh, true. And it just feels like, especially because we don't watch other teams, you know, it's easy to look at how good the Braves are, how good the Rays were at the start and be like, yeah, that, okay. They put together a team that can that can win all these baseball games. And it's like, well, no, they put together a team that is winning them, but their their true talent is closer to the pack. Right. And, and we're seeing that so, now. Because right. that, that's just because of how the sport works. It's just, it's very hard to separate because just so much crazy stuff can go on. You got to throw a strike and the guy's going to, swing that bat out there and it's going to make contact from time to time and stuff will happen like even terrible teams are going to have their days you guys recently it's not you know yeah yeah you guys (laughs) recently talked on your podcast blue jays happy hour about um you know these upcoming contracts and whether or not guys Mm -hmm. need to be well they do need to be signed but how this is going to shake loose in terms of would you be ready to pay Bo? Would you be ready to pay Vlad? Are these the $300, $400 million players that you're going to have to, um, you know, contend with? Can you sign them both? Whatever that's going to look like. And that conversation creeps up from time to time as it should. But you mentioned a few minutes ago, if Vlad starts to hit like 2021 and Vlad was elite in 2021, but we say that a lot and he's never, ever been a bad player or even an average player he's clearly a very good player but at what point and how far into this do we have to get before 2021 is the outlier instead of the expectation right what would you need to see as we kind of move through here that would make you go 
yeah, I'm probably going to have to pay that guy $350 million. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it looks like they might have made a decent decision there because, yeah, it, it, the market wouldn't be there for him right now, though I think, you know, what he was as a prospect, what he what he's shown that he's capable of that year. There, there's obviously, yeah, there's still talent there, and the expectation should be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for me, it's it's, you know, I think mm-hmm. I, I mean the, there's some issues with the approach. Yes, uh, people really love to get into it. Whether it's the home road splits, which are which are quite different this year, which you know, I'm the, a thing that I basically never look at unless there's a you know a real park factor there. Uh, which you know people will bring that up regarding 2021, like oh, in, in Buffalo and Dunedin, and it's like and also also. <laughs> a thing i don't take remotely seriously and i look at the underlying stuff and he hits the ball really really hard at an yep. elite level consistently you know uh yes his the barrel balls have not been traveling as far as they should this year uh that's something to work on but i mean you have such an incredible base fr- from which to work where you have that elite ability to strike the ball like that the line drive that he hit on tuesday night uh, uh which did not leave the yard which is which is the, sort of the problem and he's had you know a bit of a better stretch in terms of power lately uh but like he just he still he does he puts the ball or the bat on the ball in ways that people can't and that i think is still an incredibly valuable skill that will ultimately show up in the in the results and just very frustratingly has in the last couple of years but i think more it's more this year uh, even if it, you know, it has been a little bit worse. It was an interesting I, I choice the, they made when they the redesigned under- the dome, right? Like this, your best hitter, or supposed to be your best hitter, is this hard line drive guy. And instead, you kind of built up your outfield walls to be taller and like more, <laughs> uh, sure, they're closer, but though it, it, almost more accommodating the big sky high, you know, uh, whatever arching home run sure. as opposed to the the line drive. I'm not saying that's what's causing Hall Flad's issues, but it was an interesting choice that you know if you're building this for the yeah. next 10, 15 years and that's supposed to be your guy, uh, it was a little confusing. I mean, it, it it's definitely a contrast to what Baltimore did, right? Where they very obviously <laughs> and like yeah. cynically were like, we're going to make an, an enormous imbalance to our home park and we're going to use it to our advantage as much as we can. Yeah. which you know, seems smart. Sure. Uh, in retrospect, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's dumb that they have that stupid, uh, you know, incredibly deep left field there. But you know, uh, if if it's within the boundaries of whatever Commissioner Manfred, who Commissioner for Life or whatever we're doing just here, re-upped, yeah, uh, who's just got re- yeah, um, you know, if the if that's if that's allowed, I like I I do like the aesthetic, I like the symmetry, like to an extent, though they you know it's not the cookie cutter that it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, full full stars for uh, for <laughs> for the renovation, but but you know, yeah, it is it is definitely a choice, and uh, you would hate to be you would hate to see the Orioles succeed by making a different choice when it was all when it was there for the Blue Jays to do. Though you know, I mean, I don't know how deep they could have made one part of the park. No, without, true enough. You know, yeah. knock, knocking down a load bearing uh, column <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, the stadium at some point just sort of is what it is. So. uh yeah, yeah it, it is. You know, we'll we'll move forward on that. I guess I, I'm curious what your expectations at the deadline here, which is coming up in just a couple of days. We did have a trade today. I don't know how strong your thoughts are on the end of the uh, Trent Thornton era and and who they've replaced <laughs> him with. Uh, but the deadline is just a couple of days away. What your sort of expectations are versus what you think they might need to do? Is this sort of a tinkering year? Um, or would you expect, you know, I know the prospect pool's kind of been worn down a bit with some other big moves over the years that, frankly, for the most part, 
have panned out. Like, uh, they've made some pretty good trades here. Whit Merrifield's been much better than I expected he would be. Uh, Jose Barrios. You know, Mitch White, you know. Well, (laughs) there's that. Fresh of mind, for sure. Um, But what do you sort of expect from this deadline? And, you know, do you expect them to be busy? Or is this kind of a supplement the depth kind of year? Uh, I think it'd be really important, uh, disappointing if it was uh, supplement the depth. And I think I, I suspect they're smarter than that to know, you know, the, the, they don't, they only have so many shots with this core and Chapman's gone next year. Springer's not getting any younger. Bo and Vlad only a couple of years left after this one. Like Danny Jansen's, uh, you know, next year will be his last year before free agency. If they don't do something there. Uh, yeah, for mentioned with Merrifield, they're all, you know, like, like, you know, they'll, have, they'll have money presumably, especially, I hope so, because of the you know the, some of the prices and the, some of the things they're doing with the ticket prices whether right. they uh you know in terms of the new lounges and the new the things that they're doing with the the infield renovation that's going to take place this winter you know there's they should be well set up financially for a long time which yeah. you know gives you a little bit of hope that uh you know if they're not going to pay vlad 300 dollars which are 300 million dollars um, <laughs> for you know they'll, they'll might they might flip them 300 bucks sure. but um you know, uh, but if they're not, which might be smart, uh, they you would like to think that that's at least going to be available elsewhere uh, to some extent. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it, it's a really important juncture, as uh, Ross Atkins would call it. Right? Uh-huh. They, they don't get that many opportunities to supplement what they have here. They are in a playoff spot. They have been a good team for a while. There's a, absolutely an argument, even though it would hurt the prospect pool, that that's, that that you don't need to hoard those prospects right now you don't need to worry about guys who are only going to help you you know a few years down the line because it's right here it's right in front of you and the the uh you know what would what is, what's the point of having a guy who might be good in four years right uh at the expense of what something you can do that can really make you you know better now at a point where you genuinely can you know make you know have a season that is that is a, a championship like they could win the world series sure. i think like fangrass has them as like the fifth best yep. uh odds of doing so um so yep. I, I think there's a needle to be thread there right like i don't think that i don't think they're going to go out there and just like throw all of their chips in there is obviously going to be some uh some measure of deliberation and how you know how big they, they want to go and i think it uh, I think it kind of comes down. To, I forget which GM said it the other day, but it was just like you know, we'll, we'll we'll pay a big prospect price for elite talent, but you know, but not for lesser guys. And I think that that's you know that, that, that's in one way obvious, but it's like yeah, you you know, for the right player, they'll 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 go deeper into the system than we might expect. I think, but I don't know how many of those guys are out there and how well they fit the Jays' needs. Um, well, maybe that's the next there's, place. There's to definitely go. an argument to go. Yeah, yeah. Like, where, what does your dream deadline look like when you look around at what guys are available what the jays need what kind of you know a name or two that you would like to see them go out and make a serious push to get (laughs) i mean to be to be clear off the top here i don't i generally don't look around i mean i just find it's like it's just a waste of energy to 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 start to start putting together trades in my mind and like you know just things that (laughs) like i'll wait for them to happen and then i'll think about what they did as opposed to like here's how i would do it because it's just there's no way to know who values who in what way and how you know how any of this can can come together i mean you you can have fun like i don't begrudge anybody doing it but so i don't spend a ton of time you know you kind of get the the you know the usual suspects or you 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 hear who might be available but i'm not pouring over everybody's roster being like oh how can we shake can we shake ryan mcmahon loose from the rockies or stuff like that uh but you know, Teoscar is a really interesting one, just you know, on a the sentimental level, which uh, I, I, you know, 
yeah. give us some entertainment, please. Would be very nice. <laughs> uh, and and a guy who you know fits fits. I'd love think, to exactly see that guy walk kind of, out in his return kind of to Toronto wearing the home run jacket like that. Would... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, just to I mean, melt some brains. Celebration, now. yeah. Well, and now every team does it. It's it's uh, it's very funny how <laughs> how salty and how they listen to this like salty little group of curmudgeons who just hate fun and and can't it breaks their brains. Oh, somebody's having fun, but they but my feelings are bad because I well, only it sounds get like it was just as big a problem like, in the clubhouse as it was in the fan uh, base, right? Like. Does Might the entire been, mood yes. of the, the clubhouse change every time Matt Chapman has a soft stool? Like, at some point, we maybe <laughs> need to move along, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not saying we need to bring back the jacket. I just, you know, no. a, a tail Oscar, return. I think is a, good, is, yeah. a, is a good fit. A, a guy who really hits lefties well, but you can play him more than, no, he's not just a platoon guy. You can play him every day. You don't you don't hate having him in the outfield if you if you need to from time to time, especially because you have some late inning replacements there. His defense obviously isn't great. Yeah, but the, especially right now, Varsha's not going to hit. <laughs> like, like that, like if, I think even though he's not had well, that's true too. And, yeah. and Jordan Luplo is on the the roster. I yeah. mean, I think there's even Teoscar not having a great season. There's a there's a good golf between those two guys. Sure. I think that's that's an upgrade an upgrade <laughs> in a similar shape. Um, so like a guy like that, I think is really interesting. I, people have talked about Tim Anderson. I've written about him a, a little bit too. I mean, he's having such a terrible year, but I think he's coming around a little bit and is the kind of guy who. Uh, you know, we've seen in the past that they've gone with guys who are not necessarily pure rentals and, and try to get some like offseason heavy lifting done uh, at the deadline because this is a juncture for opportunities or whatever. <laughs> uh, however, Atkins puts it like he doesn't think about it in the in the way that, that fans necessarily do. And, 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 you know, with Chapman gone and especially, you know, the, the, they could they could add an infielder because of the versatility they have with some of their guys. Uh, you know, we could stick Merrifield in the outfield. Or what about a stick, handsome you know, Randy Gritchick return? Are you interested in that at all? That's the one I'm absolutely not interested <laughs> at all. And it scares me a bit, too, because, you know, we we uh, we have a handsome Randy Gritchick who hits from the left side playing right. in left field yes, a lot of nights. Like, like, Atkins does kind of have that type, right? We had a, we had Billy McKinney and Brandon Drury and, like, those, uh, I don't know, those guys hey, who... Hey, Brandon Drury suddenly looking like not a bad acquisition to bring back. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean... Just need a little more runway. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, that that scares me. I don't I don't see how he's a, a help, or certainly not going to change the entertainment factor, or sure. or, uh, or make anybody <laughs> make anybody like oh swell with with uh, nostalgia. It's like when he walks back onto the field, like oh he, oh. he finally the, the prodigal son has returned. It's handsome Randy. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, Tim Anderson is a is a guy who has a uh, club option for next year. I think it's fourteen million dollars, probably based on the season he's had. More, uh, you know, not worth that much. But maybe maybe a couple of hot months to turn a season around. Maybe you could you could reconsider that. The Jays sure. would love the flexibility of a guy like that. You know, Merrifield has an option. I think it's eighteen million. Like that's not going to happen. So I don't know right. why why Anderson at at fourteen would make sense. But you know, in theory, mm-hmm. that's kind of the guy that the. We've seen them target a little bit, like Merrifield. Where, okay, yeah, yeah, he helps this year, but also mm-hmm. he we've got a guy who's going to get a bunch of at bats in the following year, and that's that. I think is a thing that they'll probably uh, probably look to do. Um, well, it's just how you thread those needles. I don't know how. Like, what is Kevin Biggio's 
trade value? What is you know what? How do people think about Addison Barger's season? Like, as you know, are you going deeper into your prospect pool than that, or are you going to try to? I mean, obviously, I think the like primarily you're going to try to find uh, some value for those guys like that are that are more fringy, like you uh, like a Biggio, like a like an Espinal, useful big league guys right now. But uh, you know, if you could get a bigger piece there, and uh, you have David Schneider, you have. Uh, Addison Barger who could come up or maybe those are the guys you move and you kind of also look at you know who's eligible for the rule five that we might not be able to keep on the 40 man who's going to be out of options and we're going to lose for nothing and I think that you know those kind of questions and the questions of okay how are we going to replace Bell, Kiermaier, Merrifield and Chapman in the offseason are probably going to be you know more front of mind for Ross than how do I get Shohei? Like I don't know that they're <laughs> going to expend that kind of energy on on those big big swings because they probably don't have the prospects to win a bidding war there anyway. No, and you wonder a little bit about uh, you know most of the names that you've mentioned are uh, you know our lineup guys, our our defender. I wonder, do you is that because you don't think they'll be super interested in the pitching market? Um, Chad Green is coming back. Ryu is coming back. Who knows what either one might be able to give you. Uh, but the bullpen, again, the numbers suggest, whether you believe it or not when you watch it, that this bullpen has been very good. Uh, is it a make-the-playoffs bullpen versus a win-the-playoffs bullpen? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how you kind of measure those things. Are you expecting, you know, the names that you've mentioned, is that because you expect them to be more active on the hitter side of things, or uh, do you expect them to take a look around the pitching market? Oh, I think they'll look around the pitching and they may well find that, you know, even though it's less ideal, I mean, I think they have, they're pretty good pitching depth wise. You know, Kikuchi could be an interesting guy in the bullpen. We'll have to find a way. They might have to eat their pride with Mitch White or they're going to have to do something. I don't think you can keep, you know, I understand that he hasn't been DFA'd yet because it's just not great asset management and they could maybe yeah. find a way to, to do something with him at the deadline or maybe there's a phantom injury and they try to bring him back for next year if he, if they can get away with that, you know, without him filing a union grievance. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, there's there's but there, there, there's just a little less room, I think, uh, in terms of you know the Lupo spot and Pidgeot and Espinal, you know, on the position player side, uh, you know, uh, those, those guys are okay, but you know, you could definitely upgrade those three spots. Yes. it's, it's going to be hard to do to do better than you know, even hard to do better than Kikuchi and, and pull him out of the rotation, like for a Lance Lynn who hasn't been great. Apparently, you know, Lance Lynn's got us more... on his no trade, so that's not going to be a concern. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. They're a contender. Maybe I think Maybe. the Rays are too, and they've been talking. So yeah, you know, might just have to give them some extra money. I'm Lance Lynn. Do I really but, want to have to I think twist that guy's like... arm to come to Toronto? Like, yeah, you know what? Fine, <laughs> man. If you don't like... want to come. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, I think that like you know just when you do look at the available guys, and I have a little bit, uh, even despite my you know protestations earlier, uh, you know it feels like there might be more pitching, you know more sort of mid tier pitching of the kind that in other years they might have been, been pleased with this kind of market, but uh, but now it, it it is it's maybe a little difficult because you know Ryu, I, like yeah, you, you can't worry about hurting his feelings, but also that could be that's a depth piece, that's a guy who can maybe give you innings. They'll know better than than we do right now yeah. because they've seen. You know him up close and 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 know how you know, they know what they can expect better than we do and, and sure. you know, everybody here's you know on the outside wants to be hopeful but we'll see they've got you know they've got uh, Bob Francis was pretty good when he was here even though that was you know a FIP would tell you otherwise and it was a bit scary and the depth yeah. does dissipate pretty quickly 
But you know, and you hate to make it all about you know every Alec Manoa start. You know whether well, I guess they won't get a chance before the deadline anyway, or maybe they will. Yeah, well, I, I was just going to ask you on even on the review yeah. thing: is it important to you to see? This is an uncomfortable sentence. Art. Is it important to you <laughs> to see Ryu before the deadline itself, or is one start still going to be too small of a sample size to give a shit about? Like this, are they going to try and squeeze yeah. him in before the Monday Tuesday deadline there? Or? I mean, that'd be interesting if they could. I think that, you know, the Mitch White, like, I don't think you want to, I don't think you DFA Mitch White and lose him for nothing just uh, just to get Ryu a start. Like, right. you probably be moving, you'll probably be moving guys, you have an opportunity at least to move guys off the 40-man and free up a spot to bring Ryu in without, you know, putting Mitch White into the peril of uh, <laughs> of a DFA, which I don't, nobody cares, but I, but it just, but like just thinking about how teams think, you know, in terms of yep. asset management, like that's, that's a thing they're going to try to do. They're going to, that's why he's still here. Uh, you know, if it was just, if it was as easy as, yeah, let's just get rid of them. If they didn't care about, you know, opportunity cost or whatever, uh, you know, how, what they paid to get him in the first place, you know, he'd be long gone. I mean, it's been, it's been not great, but I think they obviously also see something in him uh, and to, you know, now this is a tangent, but like, like compare, you know, people were a little surprised that it was Thornton that got the DFA, uh, but like Mitch White was really pretty good for the Dodgers until he got traded last year and the year before, over like 150 innings, and that's like, like I think his like his ERA was below four, and like he was starting games for the Dodgers, like a pretty good team. Uh, yeah, like that's more success for like a longer stretch and more recent than Trent Thornton, than Thomas Hatch. You know, those guys are more front of mind for Jays fans, and and uh, uh, they've obviously never seen anything close to the best of Mitch White, but but he is a better player than they've seen, and and you know that does kind of make some sense. But it it could be where they have to you know just because of the market, it's like it, I I wouldn't be totally shocked if they went that way if they went to a, you know decided that the best way to spend the resources that they have is is to go out and get a pitcher and just try to keep out pitching guys and you know they absolutely need another reliever I mean the bullpen's been really good I I think they can win in the playoffs absolutely I mean they, you know 2015 it was a little undone by some but it was undone by Brett Cecil getting hurt but like yes or maybe that was 16 whatever whatever it was you know not a great bullpen but but did but did just fine down the stretch and, and you know, I I'm not worried about the bullpen except for how they're running on fumes right now and they do need some guys back there they need Green and they need another you know. Genesis Cabrera, maybe, maybe not, maybe not the the answer. But it's been good. It's been good so far. Actually, I'm working on something. I was writing about him, and um, it, it appears that his his two worst his worst pitch to left handers. Uh, in terms of like finding the edge of the zone, you know, Statcast will break it down to like you know cha- the chase zone or the you know a waste pitch, or if it's actually in the zone, the edge is kind of where you obviously want to be. Uh, the curveball was the worst against left-handed batters, and and he has not thrown one since uh, since the trade. And the same with the changeup against righties also hasn't thrown the changeup. So it was you know so uh, uh, so they, they've got some ideas on how to fix him. That's been interesting, but I think they definitely still need another reliever. Uh, and, and and you know a starter is just harder to fit in. Um, yeah, like honestly, the starting just, depth. You, know, you is... could make the argument that 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 that's the best way to go, just because the market isn't real full of the kind of impact. Yeah, bats like there's not a see. ton of guys out there that you would say for sure are better than you know Barrios and and Bassett and whatever that you're going to give up real assets and get into a bidding war no, there's no get. like there's no Luis Castillo this year no or, you know whoever was all traded last there was a couple of those yeah. kind of guys last year not so much this time yeah so 
it'll be interesting to see how that uh, how it shakes loose. It's always an interesting time of year, and um, you know, I, I, I guess I'm just to me, I would like if at all possible, and I just I understand completely what you're saying about asset management and why you maybe wouldn't want to do it, <laughs> but I'd really like to get a look at Ryu before the deadline and just see, even just if it is one start. Is there anything here? Is this guy about to get hammered around? And even then, you'd still have to go, well, it was one start, whether he was dominant or terrible, right? You you, you wouldn't have a ton of information, but I'd like to see it, right? I'd like to know what is, how close is this guy to, I'm certainly not top of the staff anymore, but is he a, a top five guy that you might use in the playoffs, especially if Manoa falters? I know the the rotation shrinks in the playoffs anyway. And, uh, you know, last year we only needed two starters to complete our playoff run. So <laughs> you never know That's how to, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it would be interesting to me if you could get, even if it meant getting something else done by the weekend that you're working on anyway, that would open up a 40 man spot and allow you to get like, to me, I'd like to see him, but it seems like that's less of a, a factor for you. I, well, I, you know, I assume a thing like that's one of many balls in the air, but that's that's just that's sort of the trick of the deadline is that they're going to have to figure out what, you know, which buttons to which, which lever to yeah. pull, where, you know, who, what makes the most sense, and I, and if it's like most of their deadlines, it'll kind of be, you know, other than the Barrios one, it'll, it'll probably be sort of like. A little head scratching sure. uh, from people, you know, on the outside. But uh, uh, I, you know, they've usually done not too bad at, at, at yeah. uh, supplementing what they have. So I mean, I, that, I'm, I'm getting a little too close to like, oh, just trust them; they know better than you. Because I don't want to say that. Because you know, we've watched the Mitch White thing play out, and we've talked about it here. But yeah, it it, it should be it should be interesting. I think there's just a lot of places, a lot of paths that they could take. I think. Uh, you know they're they're gonna do something. It would be very shocking if they didn't. And I, uh, you know, uh, yeah. they could probably find a way to spin it. It would be you know incomparable Atkins talk, but they they could probably find a way to spin it. I just oh yeah, I think, well, uh, you, I think they'll it do would something. Be as simple as we have Ryu degree. coming back and Chad Green coming back. We feel like we've upgraded from within, and you're just like maybe. Yeah, <laughs> and you know I've seen pe- I've seen people kind of afraid that that's going to happen, and it's also like well that's just never been. What no, they they're do. they're usually pretty aggressive. Uh, like for better or worse, they they take a shot at it. So um. <laughs> Nick Cross over Mitch White was aggressive. <laughs> it could say a lot about it, but yeah. it wasn't not aggressive. <laughs> this is true. Um, you know, it's it's been you know, as you and I sit here right now. We don't have a final result on Game Three in L.A. Uh, they've taken. Uh, well, they split the first two. It was a rough weekend in Seattle, as it tends to. Oh, be. Did they lose that one last night. Uh, yeah, it's funny how that. Uh, <laughs> Woke up to see that. I turned but, it off. Yeah, good call, man. Um, I, I, I just, it, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. And so a lot of things going on right now. A lot of fans pretty nervous. A lot of fans worried about what's going to happen at the deadline. What do you have coming up here in the next couple of days uh, at the batflip.ca that we can check out as as we finish up this West Coast trip and roll into the trade deadline? Yeah, just more trade deadline stuff. I'm going to, uh, you know, working on something about just the, the rumors and, and, and the, the big, big old <laughs> Trent Thornton, uh, Mason <laughs> McCoy transaction. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. I find like just sort of aggregating stuff like that, giving thoughts on the latest Jays rumblings until transactions happen is, is generally a good way to play the trade deadline. Sure. Uh, so you'll probably see a bit of that. Going to do my own podcast uh, not long after we finish up here. Uh, so folks will see that. 
and uh, you know just uh, just keep my ear to the ground. I guess you yeah. know it's uh, it's that time of year. It is it, it's it's a bit of an interesting one. There is there. I don't know that the blockbusters are out there. It'll be interesting to see. There's definitely help is coming. I I yeah. They're gonna do something. Uh, we might hate it. We might be like, oh, that sounds surprisingly good. <laughs> But uh, sometimes I somehow think that it's more likely going to be the former. That's the, they'll, get, they'll get someone who kind of sucks, but who can play next year. And they'll be like, what a win. Now we don't have to do this in the offseason. I'm like, well, you could have got someone better in the offseason if this is all you were going to, you know. But last thing for you then before we get out of here, leave the Jays out of it, unless you think they are the favorite. Is Shohei Otani going to move <laughs> by the deadline? I doubt it. I yeah. can't imagine, honestly. It's just how do you value him? It's impossible to it is impossible. even like if it, it, literally <laughs> like uh, well like Fangraphs every year does the trade value series uh, and if you look through this one uh, Vlad still still on the top fifty which uh, you know thank God for that Alejandro Kirk still on the top fifty wow uh, not as high as Vlad once was but um, <laughs> yeah uh, but I think but I think Otani was literally at twenty five and it was basically like somebody was like he either has to be number one or not on the list at all like you, you how do you value him, how do you value two months of yeah. the best player of all time on both? <laughs> like, uh, uh, like uh, who can uh, a top pitcher and a top hitter who's about to make, in theory, could be paid forty million as one or the other, right? Like as a yeah, yeah, oh, like, yeah. Every every proposal, every proposed proposed offer is both too much and too little. Right, like yeah. it, it, it's or well, there is some that are just too little. Someone was like, I don't know, Manoa, Biggio. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Anaheim, do it. And Manuel Beltre, you know, <laughs> it'll be fun. But I, <laughs> look, uh, uh, you know, it's just it's impossible. I, I, especially looking at just the way MLB teams think, like how these guys aren't 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 going to line up on it. I didn't. Uh, I didn't uh, think Soto it, was going to go would, either at the deadline. I right? guess that's. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Uh, I mean, there's also the factor that the Angels are are not out of it, and, right? Uh, they probably like some fans next year. <laughs> so, <laughs> you've had two of the best players in the game for whatever, <laughs> and did not possibly care about supplementing that for your fans. So, I'm not sure why that would. Well, necessarily... they, oh, they try. I mean, well, Anthony Rendon is there. True, they, have pool, yeah. they have pools forever. <laughs> like they just did it in a horrible horrible way fair enough that is fair so <laughs> uh stone i appreciate you doing this as always man it's the the blue jays happy hour podcast we'll link to that in the show notes it's the batflip.ca we'll link to that in the show notes thank you so much man i appreciate your time as always anytime man. thanks so much for having me